What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today we have a special guest on the podcast. If you spend any time on social media, then you know who Heavenly Hail Repair is. From the tie-dye shirts and the amazing social media antics combined to create a character that the customers of Amarillo, Texas cannot refuse. Today we welcome to the podcast Michael J. Hadrago. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Good to be here. Thanks for coming on. So I've been following you on Instagram for a while. Um, I know a lot, a lot of other people do as well. Um, and I just love the mindset and the posts and I learn a lot from you and take some stuff away from you. But the post that made me reach out to you, I was like, okay, I have to reach out to this guy is a post you made a picture of you sitting at your desk. And I'm going to read the post out cause I liked it. And, uh, it kind of, kind of forced me like, okay, I got to get this guy on the podcast. Um, it says nobody talks about the levels of anxiety small business owners go through on a daily basis. No one talks about the levels of stress small business owners go through on a daily basis. No one talks about the levels of sacrifice small business owners go through on a daily basis. You hear people say, oh, must be nice when you post a picture of vacation. Little do they know you've only taken one vacation in seven years. Let all the voices, criticisms, remarks of the naysayers, doubters, and non-believers fall on your deaf ears. You're strong, you're smart, you're capable. Are you going to fail? Nope. So, I mean, I could have written that and I love it. Um, so where did that mindset come from? How'd you get into PDR? Um, go back to the beginning and let's just, let's, let's start from there and we'll go. Gosh, I think um, I, that mindset from that post, that's not the same mindset that Mikey had going into PDR seven years ago. <laughs> you know, that, that mindset had to be developed. Um, and it's just, um, I think, uh, probably one of the stronger, um, the stronger characteristics of, of myself is that I feel as if I do have a pretty strong um, uh, mental state, right? I, I stay pretty focused. I stay pretty level-headed, pretty positive. Um, but it, it didn't used to be that way. It used to be the complete opposite. Um, you know, being that, I, of course, you know, I've only been in painless dimmer repair about seven years. So when it first started, it was bad. You know, you're, you're uh, attempting to repair dime-sized dents that take you hours at a time. And your brain is telling you constantly, you can't do this. <laughs> you can't fix this. Um, you shouldn't even be doing this. You should be, um, back at a nine to five somewhere, you know what I mean? And so in the beginning, I think, um, with, you know, it might be with every painless different repair technician, when you're in those repairs, you're literally just dogging yourself all day long. Um, once you overcome that, probably one of the loudest negative voices that you hear is yourself. Once you get past that, you know, that's where, uh, that's where I, that's where I thrive. I feel like, you know, I can post a video of myself now on social media doing absolutely ridiculous things. 
And if somebody's laughing at it, well, that was the purpose of it. Um, they're not laughing at me. And if they are, well, who cares? I put myself out there like that. I'm confident with myself. I'm okay with it now. But yeah, I took a long time to get to that point. Yeah, I, I agree. And we're, we're going to dig into that um, a little bit about how you, you know, like you said, used to be all negative. Um, and you can, you can obviously go through the training of PDR and still, you know, have a positive mindset. There's difficult times for sure, um, getting over those plateaus, but but it's possible. And we'll talk about, you know, how you create that mindset, but how did you get you, seven years? So 2013, uh, roughly when you started, how, well, how old are you? You look about my age. I'm 30. 30. I'm okay. 30. So 30. So you started 23. Uh, what'd you do before that? If anything, sound like some sort of nine to five job. And then how'd you find PDR and get into it? So I was working at a slaughterhouse actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working at a slaughterhouse and I was also waiting tables at two other restaurants. So wow. before Painless Dent Repair, I worked three, three jobs, mm -hmm. one full-time, and then two that were pretty heavily part-time. Um, and the last year, the year before I went into PDR was probably the hardest year of my life. And um, just... So I'll give you an idea of what my schedule was like. Mm -hmm. um, I'd wake up at about 4.30 in the morning to get ready for work, to be at the slaughterhouse by six, right? I'd work until, I was a quality assurance. I'd been working there about three years. So I'd move, work my way up and now I'm a quality, quality assurance um, technician, right? So um, I'd have to put a lot more hours in in the day, but of course I'm making more money. So. Mm -hmm. I'd get there at about six o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't leave until about maybe four o'clock. And this is Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday, right? So we're yeah. working six o'clock to 4 p.m. When I got off from there, I had no time to go home and shower. So I'm, I'm working at a slaughterhouse with dead carcass all over, <laughs> right? I have no time to shower. I have to change, of course, like it's in a that slaughterhouse, you're in a constant 40, 42 degrees all day long, yeah. freezing your ass off. Sure. It fucking sucked. <laughs> as soon good. as I leave there, I go straight to my, my uh, waiter job, right? Where I'm waiting tables. With, de with dead animal carcass on you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'm covered in sweat because... Yeah. You're in 42 degree weather at the plant, but mm -hmm. you, so you got to dress warm. Yeah. So you're sweating in the cold. Because um, <laughs> you're working so, so hard physically. Yeah. And so then I go to my waiter job, right? And I would do that on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. I would go to this particular waiting job. On Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, I would be going to another waiter job. Jeez. I got my ass kicked like that for a solid about two years. Um, and I just, I was working for absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So let's I, I sum it up then. You, you work your ass off. Let's just say that. Why, why, where'd that come from? Cause there's a lot of people that won't, that won't do that. I mean, we're talking about the journey into PDR where it takes the amount of effort to learn it is very high and the amount of things you have to overcome is high. But, but before we start, hit record, you said, you mentioned you came from absolutely nothing grew up in a, in a city called Cactus, Texas. So, I mean, when you're 
when your city's named Cactus, you know, you kind of figure <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere, right? Uh, yeah. Might as well call it Tumbleweed, Texas. Is there a Tumbleweed, Texas? Maybe. I, have, uh, <laughs> I bet there is. I bet there is. Um, where'd, that, where'd that work ethic come from? Like, where, you know, I know it takes that to get to where you want to be in life, but where's that come from and how do you get that coming from nothing? Man, I, um, uh, I try to keep everything as, as real as possible. So I'll be real. Keep it real, you. man. I like that. It's the only way, only way to go. So it wasn't necessarily that I, um, it wasn't necessarily that I came from nothing, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I, trust me, I can think back to elementary school and we were poor. But yeah. I can remember kids that were way, way worse off than we were. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sure. Um, See, just that right there, though, just that perspective matters, right? Because there, there's always somebody worse off than you. Always somebody worse off than you. And if you can look oh, at yeah. it that way, it can, that can change your mindset versus always. Because you, you could have looked at you know, the millions of people that weren't worse off at you. So just the fact that you mentioned that, do you know where that came from? Was it from your parents? Did you just always have that perspective about like, like putting things in perspective to where like, okay, my life isn't so bad because X. I've, I didn't, I never realized that I was a, a realist until mm. I got to about 30 years old. Like mm. I just look at things and yeah. I'm like, well, if I leave the door open, is it going to get cold inside? Well, it depends on if it's cold outside, right? Yeah. So I take a realistic approach to every single fucking thing that I do. Um, I don't know that, I mean, I can honestly tell you that the mindset that I have now, I didn't have two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I can't, I don't know what the hell happened this yeah. year. Some, something uh, finally clicked and now I feel like my brain's finally working. <laughs> we'll see if we can figure it out. Okay, so you were, you Grew up in that, live in Amarillo, Texas now, um, worked a bunch of jobs, uh, making, I mean, so, not okay, making so much. Let's, uh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Let's That's go okay. back to, um, I, I don't think we finished off on that. No. Um, so for instance, you know, uh, going back to how, you know, where did the work ethic come from? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, saying that I could remember kids that were worse off than us, um, but at that same, at that same dissecting that same, uh, that area of my life, mm-hmm. those kids that were worse off than me had their moms and dad. You know what I mean? Like the majority of them, I'm thinking back, I'm like, man, I can think back to a kid. I'll, I'll, he probably follows me on social media, so I won't say his name, but they were, they were really poor when they were, now he's doing really well. They were really, really poor but he had his mom and dad growing up. I didn't, I mean, for the most part, I didn't have shit. Um, okay. So that's something I didn't know, but you, so you did, you didn't have your mom and dad. I didn't have, not in the sense of the way everybody has their moms and dads. Right. So my mom was a single mother and she, she did everything she could to keep us from not being poor. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. from, in, I mean, my entire, up until I was in middle school, I remember my mom always being in school, always being in school, you know, or with either my uncles or my aunts or my grandparents, mom's trying to study so we can get out of the slums, you know what yeah, I mean? Sure, sure. So I knew the whole, 
and I think saying it out loud just now, it finally clicked in my head where this work ethic comes yep, from. Exactly. I was just going to say that. You know what I mean? Like, I never realized mm-hmm. this as an adult, but thinking mm-hmm. back to it as a kid, I remember thinking to myself, this sucks, but it won't suck forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just got to hold on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say to, to, to encompass that into a thing, as a, as a parent too, I have three kids and, and I know a lot of people listening have kids in, in the dance space. And, uh, you know, I would say more is, more is caught than taught from the kids. So more, they're going to, they're going to catch a lot from what you're doing from the actions you're taking than the words that you're saying, right? Like you could, you could tell your kids to work hard and you could say like, you know, you can do anything you're capable of anything, work hard. But if they don't see you do, see you working hard, doesn't carry as much weight. And obviously like that's for you. You couldn't even, you couldn't even put it in words. Maybe your mom never even told you like, Hey, here's what you need to do to succeed in life. But you just saw her, you just saw her do it. And you're like, okay, that's how you get out of the slums, like you say. So just put it in perspective. Go ahead and go ahead and continue. Pretty creepy, yeah. I mean, for, for the, uh, and it's really shitty on my part hearing, being able to realize that because at the moment, right now, at the moment, me and my mother aren't on exactly great terms. Um, but I can, you know, sitting here conversing with you, I can actually uh, attribute my, mm-hmm. my work ethic to my mother. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. So that's awesome. So you, you worked your, your ass off in the slaughterhouse freezing or, or sweating in cold temperatures. And then you went and uh, fed people every night. Yeah. So how, how'd you, how'd you hear about PDR? I mean, how'd you even have time to hear about PDR? First of all, Man. and you know, how do you get into this unique weird little niche that we're all in? Um, man. So down where I'm working at the slaughterhouse um, and these restaurants, it was a town called Tyler, Texas in East Texas. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of close to the Louisiana border, right? Mm-hmm. And I was staying with my grandmother, my mom's mom. I I had to leave Amarillo. This was, you know, I'm 20. I left Amarillo when I was 19. And I knew I had to leave. If I didn't leave, I knew I was going to die. Um, I just okay. wasn't a Why? very good person back then. Um, I was crazy. Yeah. I've always been uh, probably still to this day, I react before I think. Um, and not to mention back then, I was doing a whole lot of partying. You know what I yeah. mean? I was so doing yeah, a whole partying, do, running with the wrong crowd, that type of thing. So, yeah. Okay, so, go live in grandma. I, mean, in I East knew Texas. I had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't move, I was going to die. So, yeah. I moved in with my grandparents and. Uh, um, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be, um, well, mind you, you know, this is, I'm going down to Tyler, Texas, a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. I've watched my mother suffer and pull herself up by her bootstraps, but it hasn't resonated with me yet. I'm still a 19 year old punk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get down there, I'm still trying to do the same things down there, but it, it had a different effect on me because I'm living with my grandparents. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. nobody wants to take advantage of their grandparents, not good people anyways, <laughs> you know? So it, respect. it made me feel really bad. So I had to start working. I had to start working my ass off. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm staying at my grandparents' house, hating life, just working my self to death basically. 
and making and making you know minimum wage uncle. at three different places basically oh yeah. yeah not i mean i was basically working to pay my bills because yeah. i was still partying like i said you know yeah. i'm still drinking a whole bunch and i'm working at a restaurant that's yeah. after six seven o'clock it's it turns into a club pretty much yeah. so i was doing a whole bunch of drinking still and yeah um one weekend i get a text from my uncle um and he's coming through town he asks if i'm at work or if i'm at grandma's house and you know he stops by the house we end up having a couple of beers and i think we were watching a ufc fight and in between the commercial he asked me if i wanted to come down to new orleans with him for a week and see if i even liked what he did and i was like in a matter of seconds right like literally in yeah milliseconds yeah. just flashed in my brain i didn't fucking hear nothing he said i didn't hear nothing about the opportunity i didn't hear anything about the job uh description i didn't hear shit except do you want the same lifestyle that i have do you want the same lifestyle i have and i was like all I knew is my uncle is very, very financially stable. Nice. Um, he is a badass business owner. Um, uh, yeah, I want what you have. Show me. And so I was like, I literally put in my two weeks notice at my two restaurant places and quit my, uh, quit my slaughterhouse and burnt all my bridges wow. and went all in. There wasn't no, let's go see if we like this. There was, wow. you're going to fucking like this, Mike. That's, that's a burn the bridges moment. I mean, that was one of those pivotal <laughs> moments in life that, that you look back on and you're like, damn, what if I didn't, like, what if I didn't make that choice? Right. Those, those pivotal turning points. So how much did you know about what he did? Basically he, he worked on cars and sucked dents out. <laughs> I mean, was that, yeah, the, I didn't know yeah. Yeah. I had, I, he travels and fixes dents. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. anything that it entailed. Nice. That's cool. So you went and did that, went down to New Orleans, um, I'm guessing to do some hail. Um, yeah. Took apart a couple cars, maybe watched him, watched him do some work and went from there. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, started on, of course, you know, doing R and I's doing headliners, yeah. doing, you know, belt moldings, replacing Chrome, whatnot. And um, in between teardown time, you know, any hood that got replaced, they'd put me over yeah. in the corner practicing. Sure. Um, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be fixed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over here like fixing, fixing hoods that got pulled Sweet. off of a car and I'm like, you guys could yeah. fix it. Why yeah. the fuck am I? <laughs> exactly. Just find your tips, son. You'll be all right. I think, uh, the, the, probably the most, the most crucial moment in that, in that storm. And those, um, this was April. I started April 8th, 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, so right around that time, I, I'm a huge people watcher. Um, I love the different mannerisms that every single human does, right? Mm -hmm. Every human's different. Um, you could have a set of twins and their mannerisms are, are completely separate, right? So mm -hmm. it's, I, I'm a huge people watcher. And when you 
don't know dick about what you're doing, you're literally, I'm just in a garage people watching, man. Yeah, so I'd go from technician to technician as they're repairing their vehicles and I would just watch them. I'd watch the different tools they used on different panels, um, the different, you know, the different ways they would use the tools. Um, and then finally it clicked. This guy's, this guy over here is 50 years old and he says he's been doing it 20 years. This guy over here, he's 38. He says he's been doing it eight years. But whenever I stand next to them, I, I mean, how is it that, and this is myself thinking to myself, how is it that this guy has been doing it eight years and this guy's been doing it 20 and this guy is putting out the same work as this guy? How does that work? And then it finally just clicked. It's time. Mm -hmm. If you can find a way to speed up time, then you can find a way to progress your skill a lot faster. Unfortunately, we have no fucking time machines, right? Yeah. At least we don't think that we do. Yeah. Um, I reverted back to my old schedule at the slaughterhouse and I started getting my lazy ass up at three o'clock in the morning. Any shop that we went to, even after New Orleans, we moved to Denton, we moved to Dallas. Years after this, we're moving around storms. I requested to always have a key at whatever shop we were going to. I'll be the one that opens up the shop. I'll be the one that has all the cars moved out. If we have a cramp packed shop, I'll be the first one there because if I only work the hours they let me, mm -hmm. that means I'm only going to get teardown time. I'm never going to get a chance to fix any dents. Mm -hmm. And that's where the real fucking money is. There, there's, you know, I can see this as a young kid in painless dent repair. So they finally started giving me keys, started letting me stay late, started letting me come in early. I'd come in on the weekends and those practice hoods, I turned in, turn them into my best friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just hanging out. I just, yeah. I reverted back to my old schedule and, and cranked out hours, man. Um, so basically, like you I, said, turn up, turn up time, no time machine, but you can, in, instead of working 40 hours, if you work 80, you can, you can reduce, you can get there half the time. Yeah, right. Absolutely. That's, that was the goal. That's awesome. I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm 19 years old. These guys are 50 years old and they've been doing it almost as long as I've been alive. Now yeah. in a competitive market, <laughs> how am I going to be able to sell if a customer comes up and they say, who's been doing it the longest? Yeah. And Bill raises his head and he says, I've been doing it 30 years. And then, well, what are, what are you doing here then? How long have you been doing it? I've only been doing it seven years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I actually, I, I can compete with Bill that's been doing it 30 years. You know what I mean? Because I was somehow able to cram 30 years into seven. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I like that, dude. That's a great perspective. That's pretty awesome. And again, it goes back to the work ethic. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, especially being an entrepreneur, um, an entrepreneur in the PDR space, there's work ethic on the business side. There's work ethic on the, on the physical side. And it, it has to come, it has, you have to come at it from both sides of that. So everybody knows you, you know, I love the backstory. Um, I've heard little pieces of that, but I love, I love how you went into that. That's awesome. Um, now everyone knows you as, as heavenly hail repair, tie-dye shirts in Amarillo, Texas. How'd you, how'd you land back there? Obviously at some point you stopped chasing and decided to open up a, open up a shop. Yep. How'd that transition yep. happen? 
Man, I was, um, ooh, I was in a really, really dark place. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a newlywed and we have a, at the time, right, I'm a newlywed and I have a very small child too, you know, and, and I'm on the road all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm on the road, it's, you know, I'm on the road away from everything I've ever wanted in my entire life, a family, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a real family, like where mom and dad sit down yeah. at dinner time with the kids, you know what I mean? Like a real family, the like classic American dream type of family. That, that perspective that you always saw as a kid, right? That, that at yeah. least, like you said, at least, at least they had their parents. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't want you don't want your kid to not have that. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm I was in a really dark place in my life. Yeah. Where I'm I'm I have I'm finally starting to attain the things that I've always wanted in life, but I'm having to sacrifice them for a very very good living, mm -hmm. and it just didn't make me feel good. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um. It didn't make me feel good. Um just the just the god awful rumors that were going around about me in in this little bitty small town you know what i mean about oh, really mean yeah like mean being away from my family and being out partying and not taking care of my business and whatever mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, choosing choosing money over my family and shit mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. those comments bothered me um just because uh, I, I knew that I was, there was something wrong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want in the beginning, exactly. Like, this is what I wanted. I wanted finances. I wanted freedom, but I didn't want to sacrifice my family for it. No. So I'm, I'm in a really dark spot, you know? And, um, I mentioned on, uh, real, real world orders podcast that I was also uh, what some people would say was a church. Um, what I would call a cult wasn't it. I, anyways, this was in the time of me leaving this place too. And I'd went to this church for almost two years. And um, I'm also, you know, pulling my family out of this place because of how dark it is. And the cult church. Yes. Yeah. And if you, if you didn't listen to that podcast, it's, um, it's probably one I, I should have done with a couple of, a couple of less beers in me, but, um, it was nice to, to get it off my chest. Yeah. So yeah, real world, real world, um, order Jim Mitchell and Michael Gladwell and I know one other person. Um, but yeah, go check that out. If you guys can hear more deeper dive into that story, we don't necessarily get into need yeah, to get yeah. into that here, but so dark time, obviously on the road traveling, people are spreading rumors about, about, Oh, Michael's growing up just like we thought he would, you know, putting his, putting his money over his family. And, and, you know, he said he always wanted the parents and now he's doing, you know, all that shit getting in your head, got this church thing going on or church cult thing going on. Um, you know, not seeing your family, all that together you know, negative mindset probably within all that time creates a dark space. Um, yeah. How do you get out of that? I guess, 
man, I, uh, I was, I, I had to make the, I had to make the decision. Um, do you, you're going to end up losing your family if you stay in this. Um, and money isn't going to buy you a new family. Um, so we, we got to figure this out. So I made, I, I made a suggestion to my, to my uncle, right? And he's, he was my boss. I, I made these suggestions for months leading up to this. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'd like to say a good six, eight months leading up to this point. I knew that there was a breaking point ahead. So yeah. all the while, instead of being out on the road chasing storms, I, if you look up the windiest, city, the windiest cities in America, Amarillo is on that list. Um, <laughs> therein lies really, really small window of opportunity, right? Dordings, I mean, dense, they can pay the bills year round in Amarillo. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If we could, let's station me in Amarillo. If we can, let's station me in Amarillo. And I just, it got, I got tired of, um, and it trying wasn't just to, that. You got tired of trying to move it, move an immovable force. Like you, you were trying to get permission from somebody yeah. to do what you wanted to do. And he was just like, no, we travel and do hail. That's how I do it. Yeah. They, and that's, you know, that's what they do. They only chase hail. And I was like, I don't, I just, I can't do it anymore. I can't. Mm -hmm. Um, so of course, you know, when, with me deciding that I was his lead technician, of course it sent, you know, absolutely, it did absolutely just devastating things to our family, mm -hmm. um, whenever I decided to leave the company mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't give a fuck neither here nor there. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I had to do what was right for me and my family. And yeah. if, somebody can't see that then that's unfortunate for them um but so i i have to make this decision and i go to my wife and i you know i i call her i'm in i'm in uh, el paso working and i call her and it's like babe i just don't want to do this anymore um i, I don't want to be i don't want to be over here no more i don't want to be here anymore i don't want to be there anymore i want to be home yeah um, and she said, well, let's, um, let's, let's just start our own business then. Let's start our own health company. Let's start our own dink company. And I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Your girl, your girl. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know the first thing. I don't even know how to spell business. Like, yeah. <laughs> no way. And so that was about two months before I decided to leave, I'm, you know, I'm going back and forth with my wife. So we literally in about two months span, we come up with a name and we get everything ready. As far as the financial parts, we have a bank account open. We have um, our tax ID ready to go. We have uh, a Facebook started and I start uploading content to our Facebook page. Um, and this was about two months before I left my uncle. And I don't even believe we had a, no, yeah, we sure did. We got our, we, we had our tax ID ready to go. I remember driving down an interstate and there was a, there was a billboard for a law office and it was, um, I, I can't tell you what it said anymore, but it was an oxymoron. It said, 
Um, God, I can't even remember what it said, but I remember driving and I was like, that's brilliant. That's hilarious. That's brilliant. Like a, a, an oxymoron. Um, yeah. And I wanted hell to be in the name. Right. So this is also right around the time where I'm leaving a church. Right. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, heavenly hell. Like it's perfect. It, it has a ring to it. There you go. Um, the logo, actually, I was drawn on a piece of paper and just yeah. fidgeting with a couple of different ideas and, um, I wanted our last name, the first letter in our last name to be in it. Yeah. So just there you go. made it into an H. The H. A little, uh, With the halo. little halo. Yeah. I like it, dude. So that's, a, I mean, kind of another burn the bridges moment. <laughs> you got a couple of those in your oh, life. Yeah. Big pivotal oh, moments, yeah. right? Dropping everything to go learn hail and then getting to a, like another breaking point, basically uh, chasing hail, saying like, I can't do this anymore. It's not the life I wanted. Um, and going to chase that. I mean, those are the huge things in life is that like understanding what you want is important. There's a lot of people that don't even know what they want, but figure that oh, out absolutely. and then yeah. figure out how to go get it. Obviously you knew what you wanted with the family. The family was above the amount of money you were making at the time, at least. Um, and that's important. Right. And so you, you leave whether, whether or not it's going to affect your family, you knew it would, um, on the way out affects your family. You start a business. Um, man, everything's against you, right? Starting a brand new business, open up a retail shop, running it by you and your wife. Don't even know how to spell business. Family's pissed <laughs> off at you. That's a lot oh, to man. overcome. Yeah, that was, um, I even, I even had a, a couple of people that I wish wouldn't have said things like that to me that did and say there is absolutely no way that a hail repair company is going to work in Amarillo, Texas. There's already two or three of them here. There, yeah. it, another one's not going to work. Yeah. Um, I had one of my neighbors in the business um, complex that I'm in, one of my neighbors, um, came in and tells me that he actually tried opening up his paintless dent repair company maybe a couple years back and they did really well and then winter hit and he failed um and what a horrible idea that this was and whatever unless i was going to be traveling and chasing storms and um i mean it, it was, it was tough. I think yeah, that's only, scary. I mean, that's, that, that makes it tough to keep the mindset right. Right. Everybody's telling you, basically everyone's telling you you're going to fail. Let's like to, yeah. put it, to put it that way. Right. Except for you it and your wasn't, wife. Yeah. yeah. I've even had people in the past year tell me that I should close this down while we're still ahead. Quitting while you're ahead is not the same as quitting and go back on the road and shit. And I'm like, wow you just don't want me to succeed or, or mm -hmm. what's going on. You know what I mean? But anyways, yeah. So coming over, coming, getting over that negative hump, all that is attributed to my wife, man. Like she was the reason why I started taking pictures and uploading them to Facebook in the first place. She was the one that told me you're good enough to be a, I mean, you're good enough to start your own company mm -hmm. and put your repairs out there. Mm -hmm. You're good. Just start it. Um, and she's been in my corner ever since, man. 
Yeah, thank God for supportive women, dude. Let me tell you. Absolutely. <laughs> I yeah. believe that. Uh, and to go back to uh, the Instagram post um, that you post on there, let all the voices, criticisms, and remarks of the naysayers, doubters, and non-believers fall on your deaf ears. To this day, right? You still have to do this to this day, right? Yeah. There's still people telling you like, oh, you got lucky for I don't know how many years you've had that. Two years probably, that business? Yeah. Uh, uh, three. Three. Okay, three, over three years. So like, oh, you, you, you've been lucky. You made it through winter these two, these three times, but now it's time to shut it down and go on the road like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, man. It <laughs> still don't believe it. It sucks, it sucks yeah, but um, man, we're... Does it I suck or is it, is it fuel though? Oh, it's fuel. It's like, uh, it's like he says in the water boy, it's my tackling fuel. You know That's right. I mean? Yeah. Tackling fuel. <laughs> right. Tackling fuel. Yeah. Right. Great movie. Um, so how, okay. So how, how difficult was it then? Right. It, it was obviously, it wasn't easy. You didn't open up your doors and busy day one. Um, you're in a city, Almario, Texas. I looked it up. It's got less than 200,000 people in that, in that city. So not, not big by any means. It's not a Dallas, right. Or, or San Antonio or something. It's, it's, it's smaller, small. Um, yeah. How is it? How is it starting? Uh, how did you make it happen? What did you, you know, what are the tips for people that want to want to start that, that retail shop in a town of, you know, hundred, 200,000 people. I think, um, one of the biggest, one of the most crucial things when it comes to, um, when it comes to small business is having your name on your company, not, not your name, having your face on your company. Um, mm -hmm. that's huge, man. Um, I knew that, you know, three years ago, starting this off, um, And yeah, but, it, it has a lot to, it has a lot to do with why I do the antics, the, the stupid stuff that I do on, on yeah. Instagram, right? It's, um, I, I forgot the statistics behind it. I, I can't even, I have no idea. I'm not even going to try to guess, but they're astronomical in, in the fact that if you can, if you can make somebody laugh, um, on social media, they're going to remember you. Right. Yeah. So, um, with a small business, um, perspective I and then also um, kind of we, I, we live in Texas right so here yeah. we shake hands we say yes sir yes ma'am no sir no ma'am so it's a um, it's a, a lot about trust so if I can put myself out there and shake your hand and and introduce myself as Michael J. Hedrobo master painless dent repair technician over social media and I can through the camera, I can mm -hmm. shake your hand. One, when you walk through that door, you're not shopping anymore. And two, when you come here, you'll be coming back again. Um, you already know me. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, I, I post my face on my business a lot. And people know that that guy is the guy who fixes the dents. Mm -hmm. That guy is the crazy guy on Instagram and the yeah. crazy guy on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, but he can fix a mean dent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, to go back to the social media, as far as a, as an actionable tip for everybody, um, emotion is the greatest way to attach to thoughts, right? So if you were to ask like, Oh, what were you doing on, you know, February 
10th of 2017. Nobody knows, right? But if you ask, what were you doing on September 11th, 2001? Everybody knows every detail of that day, right? Because there's so much emotion for it. Fun could be, could be funny, could be sad, could be, um, you know, scared could be any of those, any of those emotions, right? So creating emotion through video is huge on social media. Most of the time it's funny and that's okay. Um, but those, those thoughts stay together. So when they think, when they think of that funny thing they heard or whatever, that's like, Oh, well, shoot, it's Michael at heavenly hail repair. Right. So creating emotion, not just before Man. and after pictures of dents are fine. Um, but it doesn't, it's not memorable. There's no emotion created. Absolutely. In yeah. Good God. Thank you so much for saying <laughs> that because you man, if you want your Instagram page to grow, yeah, you've got to put out more than just before and afters. Yeah. Um, even if like it's it's with any business. I've, I I tell it's this it, to yeah. uh, one of my one of my buddies who owns a detailing company. On your page, if all you're going to post is either the before and after of the carpet being cleaned, yeah. or the, after, the before and after of the car being dirty and now it's clean or just the after of it being clean or the before of it being dirty. Yeah. And you're not going to post anything about the products that you're using yeah. or how the products that you're using make you feel, or even taking a picture of yourself or a screenshot of yourself with your coffee cup and saying, I like coffee or something other that gives people the, the, the idea that you're a human and not just a robot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're not going to do that, I mean, if you're not going to do that, then don't, don't even post it before and after pictures. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's how I feel about it. Um, I think on, on my stuff, like I, I wear my, I wear my character on my social media. Like I wear, it's out there and um, I put myself out there so much now because I'm absolutely comfortable with the quality that I can present and also my mental state used to, I couldn't put myself out there because if somebody said, even if there was one guy on there that would write, there's no way they fix this. Yeah. Uh, you can tell it's shades different and yeah, yeah, whatever. And I used to, I'd spend hours just combating back and forth going back. <laughs> Now I'm just like, get your ass out of here. I block yeah. them or delete them or whatever. Or leave that comment out there and let it, let it fuel me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <clears throat> what changed? Do you know? Can you put your finger on it? When that changed? Um, Confidence? I, I, I think um, I dove into my trade. And, um, I, I didn't, I, I didn't want it to ever be, I never wanted my vehicle to be out at another repair facility place here in town and the customer say, Oh yeah, that's right. Last year I got my car fixed at heavenly hill repair and them to be scoping at my, my after work and be like, Jesus, this guy sucks. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every single day. If I've got dents lined up here at the shop, when I walk in through those fucking doors, it's go time. You know what I mean? You're not going to step into Heavenly Hill Repair and beat me. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Um, and, you know, like I've made a, uh, I made a meme of uh, Joe Rogan's reaction. Like he's, he's sitting, um, 
next to a fight, right? And mm-hmm. the camera shows him and his his co-hosts, and they're going crazy, and um, they're reacting to what I wrote on the meme, a uh, Bryce Kelly repair video, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I want people to do. I like that. I want people to react like that when they see some of the shit I repair. Yeah. And I just, you know, I I knew going in, it's it's time to start practicing. It's time to even if it's a fucking dime-sized dent, it's time to go hard. Um, it's time to glass some shit. And yeah. you should be able to put your video, you should be able to put your camera on your phone or your, your camera on your dent and span over it. And your camera picks up flaws that your eye can't even pick up. So mm-hmm. it should look fucking clean through your video. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you should challenge yourself to get it that clean. You know what I mean? And I just started challenging myself. Like this morning, I put... Uh, I gave myself a little time trial. I knew you were going to be calling here soon. So as soon as I got here, I took a, uh, a standliner race snake and I mashed it into a 2020 um, GMC hood three times right on the body line. Just, and then I fixed it all before you called. Um, and normally if I have that repair coming in through the doors, right. Mm-hmm. I tell the customer, well, give us about two days. We'll get it done as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just need some time to, you know, whatever, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. I told myself, bull fucking shit. You yeah. can get this done. Get it done. It's time yeah. trial time. Fucking yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I love that you say that too, because we have a lot of guys that have worked uh, with our company over the years, Dempro uh, in Sacramento here. And I always tell them, they always like, they always meant say to me, like, how, how, how are you so fast for all this stuff? I'm like, like, how do you get faster in anything? that you do you time yourself that's how you get faster you look at the dent and i say i think that dent's gonna take me 17 minutes and i'll start a timer on my phone and i say go and see if i could beat it like i've done that for so and even now on wholesale because i do a lot of wholesale work now too like okay i want my average car to take me 12 minutes overall so i'll start i'll I'll be like okay i'm starting at this time can i finish can i finish 13 cars in an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is right every single day i'm timing myself It's, it's a race like if you want to run a mile faster, how do you know unless what your benchmark is, right? Um, yes. Yeah. And once you turn the clock on and you make a goal for yourself, all of a sudden, you know, what you can do changes pretty quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can that. remember, if you, can, if you look at a rail that's absolutely blasted with mm-hmm. hill, right, and you say, oh, this should only take me about an hour and a half, mm-hmm. right? So you start fixing this thing. And it ends up taking you five hours. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to suck. You nobody. Yeah. Nobody wants to lose. Nobody yeah. wants to. You have to be. You have to get to the point where you're not okay with losing. Not even to yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the Once only. That's the only race to, that matters. It's the only race that matters. Yeah. Like you said, as a kid too. Like you could look at the people ahead of you. You could look at the people behind you. You could p- compare yourself to Bryce Kelly, or you can compare yourself to someone who just started. None of that. None of that shit matters. The only thing that matters is that if you're better today than you were yesterday, that's the comparison that makes a difference in your own life. You know? Oh yeah. Um, so what's next then? I mean, what's next for the heavenly hail repair? I mean, are you going to, are you going to grow? Are you going to stay? Are you going to be the one guy that fixes all dents forever? <laughs> Man, I don't, uh, I love sales. Yeah. I just, I, I love selling. Um, yeah, I can tell. I, 
and I love dents, man. I do. I love fixing dents. Um, right, but there's a point to where you can't, I mean, unless you keep it that way, unless it's like the, the one limiting factor of your business is you raise your prices, right? That's fine, which is fine. Um, or you grow your business. Just, I'm just curious what your goals are for your business. Do you want to grow? Do you want to have a second location? Do you want to have other people working for you? Like what, what's, what's the future? I know you've thought about it. Um, Man, it's um, a couple of those I feel I must play extremely close to the chest, right? Oh, well, that's um, fine. I like it. One that I probably should that I'm not going to, though, is um, I see... I see me selling things. Um, what I what I prefer to use, um, whether if whether it's my model or other people's designs, mm-hmm. um, I like helping people. Right. Yeah. So if I could help people avoid um, uh, wasting time on a repair or um, wasting money on a tool that they particularly don't need, um, I'd like to help. Um, Probably leaning more into my own stuff, but... that would be something really cool. Yeah. Um, so I'll shift. I can tell there's some things that you have in your mind that you don't want to talk about. That's great. I love it. I know there's a lot of people working on big things in this industry. Some of the stuff I know about, some of the stuff that um, I'm not, I don't know about, which is great. Um, I think it takes people like me, you, and all the other people that I've talked to that are trying to create and sell and grow this industry and help other people. I think that's the beauty of it. So I'll switch to instead of you specifically, where do you see the industry going, especially on the hail side, maybe on the retail, on the retail shop hail side, where do you, where do you see that, you know, five, 10 years down the road? Could be good, could be bad. So I think with, um, with the coming of these autonomous vehicles, Mm -hmm. um, human error will be minimalized, right? Um, door dings no those doors still have to be opened by humans yeah okay collisions yeah so I see um, paintless dim repair getting a hell of a lot bigger um, outside of paintless dim repair and into body shops Mm -hmm. um If you have a retail location, you had better start plugging the holes um, because right now you're only competing with the painless dim repair technicians. And most of Soon, them are not, not sophisticated businessmen, let's to say that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're competing with, you know, these painless dim repair technicians, but very soon you'll also be 
those repairs that are being subcontracted to you by those body shops, mm -hmm. you have to understand that if those body shop owners are have even the slightest fucking brainwaves, yeah. um, they're, they're going to start training up their employees to fix the shit that they're having mm -hmm. you fix. So you yeah, better you know, be better. You, you know, they're thinking it. Um, and, and you, there's people in the PDR space that are, that are pushing towards body shops, Kiko and cam auto, and that's collision repair. And I think the intention now is, okay, let's make smashed up stuff, you know, to 80% so you can skim code it. It's a little different. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say that the body shops I've talked to, the people, they, they all want PDR technicians in there. Um, yeah the reason they haven't yet is because they can't figure out how to make the, um, the financial model work because most of the PDR technicians would make more than the manager of the body shop <clears throat> typically. Um, but that doesn't, that, that can't, that can't work. Um, yeah, yeah. so it could be a supply and demand thing. You know, if over the next 10 years we get a thousand new technicians in the space that are, that are decent, um, and they're willing to work for, you know, 24 bucks an hour at a body shop and they're good that changes things. Right. Um, I think, yeah. So, so definitely that could be, rude. I mean, that, that could be really bad because I don't want to be on an hourly wage. I, mm. I don't, mm. you know what I mean? I, I don't. Um, so, but man, I think, uh, I think PDR is going to get a lot bigger. I think, um, I think there's going to be a lot more retail places. Um, I mean, hell, in the past year, well, since it's held here in Amarillo, there's been one, two, there's been three new places that opened up here that actually decided to set up and drop <laughs> what seems to be, uh, I mean, they're making it seem like they're, uh, they're in it for the long haul. And Did you tell them it's impossible and they should close and go chase hail? <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't. I, uh, I um, ah, man, it's so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know that, uh, I know that paintless dent repair is becoming extremely popular. Um, but I will, I will step out on a limb and say that it's only becoming extremely popular because of the finances that it brings. Um, and and I don't and I, I truly believe that there is not. Um, for instance, um, I I mean we've seen it all across the all across the country, licensed barbers that have lost their licenses because they decided to cut somebody's hair in the middle of COVID, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we'll see them lose their license, and they can mm -hmm. never they can never cut Quote, hair unquote, again. Yeah, legally. Yeah, quote unquote. Yeah, we have no, we have no uh, official license. We have no licenses. You know what I mean? We can do whatever the fuck we want to do, and that's what that's. Um, I think that can either help or hurt a paintless knit repair technician if you, you know what I mean? Like if you're, uh, if you're in it for, and I, I've said it from the beginning, man. I've told multiple people this. I've, I've said it. I'll fucking say it again. If you are in it only for the money, there is going to come a time, there will come a time where that money, either that money's not there anymore and you're like, oh, fuck, this sucks, or yeah. 
um, the money's not going to come and you're going to be like, oh, I wasted a bunch of time. Um, yeah, and I believe the money, I, I think the money will be there um, for certain people. I think, the, I think the days of, you know, any technician, basically any technician making 100K, whether it's going to detail shops and doing some, you know, little wholesale lots for 65 or 75 bucks a car. Um, I think the ease of making, I think the ease of making big money goes away. There's still be big money in it, um, but not for everybody. Yeah. 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 And that's, um, so start to separate yourself now, basically. Is yeah. The, uh, with that, I, I do my best to, you know, when we see horrible repairs come on, I'm like, boom, I'm up on it on my story or I'm taking mm-hmm. a pictures of it and I'm putting it out there, letting people know this is not what painless stint repair is. And, you know, sad to say, I've lost a couple of dealerships here in town because, you know, dealerships will always want to go with the cheapest guy. They don't, they don't care about quality. They just want it not even fixed. They just mm-hmm. cheaper, cheaper, I guess. Right. So I've lost the dealerships, you know, to several different people. And I've my, you know, my mother-in-law works at Nissan here in town. Mm. I was over there on Halloween driving through their used car lot, looking at the repairs and the room for improvement is just, fuck, it blows me the fuck away. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, it just. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying though. That guy. Somebody out there is. And I don't know if it's I me see, or not. I see you. But somebody out there is discovering that there is this very, very small window of opportunity in technicians that do want to fucking get better they do Mm. they just don't know how yeah once somebody finds a way to skill these people up right um that person is going to be um not only is he going to provide more of a market value across the across the united states right i mean if you're training if you're traveling and training helping people that know that they can improve. Mm-hmm. That's the key. That's the catch. Not only are you going to, like, if you take a guy who sucks ass in Sacramento, yeah. you go to Sacramento and you make him better, well, now he's not on the fucking corner charging $30 a dent, which, yeah. guess what? Now you can charge more for your dents, too. Yeah. Um, it's, dude, there's a, there's a real, real small sliver of technicians that are chopping shit out. I mean, they're just chopping shit up uh, out there, mm-hmm. but they just don't know how to get better. Yeah. And they want to get better. Sure. But there are some pieces of shit out there that are chopping work up and they just want to get paid. That's what I'm saying. Those, those guys, that, that, that will eventually go away. The, the, someone yeah. that makes six figures by hacking up wholesale cars, it goes away eventually because there'll be, there'll be good enough technicians everywhere that are willing to work for even for a, a smaller price or a lower price, but they're still good. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing overall, but yeah, finding those people. And that's why I think, you know, people like myself, obviously I'm, tr- I'm coaching people who, who have businesses that are trying to grow their business. I'm not training dent repair, but there's a lot of guys out there training dent repair. I can probably name five or 10 off the top of my head and I'm sure there's a hundred. Um, and, uh, so I think that's what it takes people, people, you know, like your ideas that you're keeping close to the vest and things that I'm doing, things that trainers are doing to, to keep the industry moving forward. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. That's what we can all do. 
Yep. For sure. hundred percent. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. I love your, I love your story. Um, I love your success that you have. I hope you continue to have success. Uh, if there's ever anything that I can do to help you in any way on those ideas or, or connecting with some other people, reach out to me because I'm here for you. And yeah. uh, if you got anything else to say before we go, then let's hear it. No, no. Make sure, uh, make sure you guys check out my, uh, my Instagram. I try to keep it real yep. on there. My stories are always, uh, I don't just keep it dense. I keep it. It's more like a day in the life of Mikey. So yes, uh, it is. my Instagram is pretty hilarious. So yeah, I give agree. me a look on there <laughs> and my Facebook's even crazier. So what's it? What? So your handle is heavenly hail repair, I think, right? Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Heavenly hail repair on, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Cool, man. Corey, I'll see you later. All right. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR Coach or find me on my website at coachcoreyk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.